Hey everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is our sci-fi movie podcast where we talk about a science fiction film every week and then sometimes at the end of the show we also have a bonus section with a Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, discussion. We don't have that this week though. Uh, we're getting a little bit ahead in recording, so this, we didn't have time to watch one before this episode. But I think we're safe in promising that uh, next episode we'll, we'll have one. So, um, Tara's thinking about it. I was like, did, did, we, did, did, we, did we set something up? I think we did. Um, but, yes, so that's the plan for next time. <laughs> uh, so, no, we talk about sci-fi movies every week. And somehow... I was convinced, and admittedly, maybe a movie just like this one would be the is the best like thing to do right after Primer, you know, because last episode was Primer <laughs> that melted our brains. I feel like this. We, so, so Tara's idea, the genius idea, was to watch a movie with a main character whose brain was melted already, and that would be how we cope with the the stress of pre, the post Primer. What our intelligence level is at now? Yeah, after Primer. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to talk about rocket man and not the elton john biopic which is currently you know out just now or, or just came out and has maybe left yeah, years by now see that's that's exactly why we should be doing this movie now yes um <laughs> we get all the clicks this is the 19 well yeah but it's gonna be like two weeks before it actually goes up <sighs> but but the time this is on on youtube for everyone like that rocket man movie will be long gone from theaters like there's no way it's not going to be around yeah well, it's irrelevant. Unless, unless we go go in a box and get up like two weeks ago. It's a primer ref, oh, Tara. Primer. primer. We just... I told you my brain's melting, man. I can't do it. <laughs> just last episode, we did primer. Can I not make primer jokes? Is it already the the, the windows passed? It's gone. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. So, not only that, right? So, so it's not it's not Rocket Man, Elton John. Um, although I did laugh in the end credits because the song Rocket Man Bill and John does in fact play in the end credits of this Rocket mm-hmm. Man movie. Rocket Man burning out this fuse up here alone. He's going on a farewell tour. We'll oh. see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he's really leaving. <laughs> that was a wonderful Is that the first time I've got you to sing on a show? I think it might be. <laughs> Because I, I sing I all the time on shows. People hate me for it, but... Um, oh, I'm sure they'll hate me too. No, no shame. <laughs> no shame, although I'm knocking down my bottle of water. Uh, which I have to tell you, it's so warm right now, right? It's so warm. We finally hit that kind of part of summer where the days are kind of unbearable. I've got a fan on, like, right? So I've been going through a lot of water today. And what's really annoying is that because it's so warm, I get to about here and it's too warm to drink. And it, it upsets me. Because it's nice and cold right now. Okay, I drink, like room temperature water all the time <laughs> it's good uh, for the voice isn't it a lot of singers do it maybe radio people should do it too or podcasters how about the people at home suffer through this standard of voice and i will be comfortable with some cold water <laughs> how about that okay whatever how, how about you know you i'll make sacrifices elsewhere this is not one thing i'm not drinking room temperature <laughs> water for for your sake at home all right not a man of the people peter maybe for like a <laughs> like a thousand dollar patreon tier or something though maybe I'll... <laughs> it's gonna take a thousand dollars for you to drink lukewarm water all right a hundred all right i'm not that greedy <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, uh, so it's really warm. I was just, I was just complaining about my war. But so this is, this is a comedy. This is. Uh, it's not the first comedy we've done because Men in Black is definitely a sci-fi comedy. So we've definitely done a yeah. sci-fi comedy before, but this is more of a comedy than Men in Black is. Like Men in Black still oh, yeah. has its like tiptoes in sci-fi, and this does in the sense that they're going to Mars. But yeah, this is definitely like slapstick. This is a full-on comedy. It's a nineties comedy. It's got all the audio cues you expect. It's got the you know the the uh, the whistle thing, the wazoo, or whatever it is at the end of the the, the joke sometimes. Like and things like that. I, like all, all, all like kazoo. Yeah. Kazoo. Wazoo? Ping pong balls do damage. Ping like physical <laughs> damage in this movie. Yeah. Those fart jokes. There's all <laughs> these things, right? And I had seen this as a kid. I, the last time you saw this, Tara, right? Since you were the one who came to mm-hmm. me and says, "Peter," right? You smacked the table. You went, "Peter, we have to do Rocket Man." <laughs> and i'm like so last time i saw rocket man was probably about i don't know three or four months ago <laughs> what <laughs> yeah but you know it had been a long time i watched this movie a lot with my brother when we were kids and it had come out wait, 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 hold on a second we were already making shows together like three or four months ago are you telling yeah. me that you'd revisited this recently yeah and that's what you've watched this movie. You've watched 1997's Rocket Man twice in the space of four months. This movie holds up. <laughs> we didn't mention who it was written by yet. Oh, can, can, can I just say, Tara was trying to get me to put Rocket Man on this show before Chernobyl. And I want to point that out because the excuse she's using now is that one of the writers of this, there's like five writers on this movie, if you can believe that. Um, Craig Mazin is the sole writer and creator of Chernobyl, the HBO miniseries, which was, by all accounts... Uh, the HBO masterpiece. Yes, which, by all accounts, was freaking excellent, right? And me and Tara reviewed well, at least three episodes of that together. Connor did the first two. He didn't like it that much because he's a weird, smelly ginger. And Tara <laughs> came in, and we we have much fun talking about the rest of it. Oh, fun's maybe not the right word because it's, you know, a really grisly, you know, gritty horror story about radiation but there are there are moments of levity there's moments certain yeah. the memes that have come from it oh yes comrade yes yeah, um, <laughs> beware Thank the graphite um <laughs> so yeah so this is a sci-fi comedy about a goofball played by harlan williams who somehow locks his way in to going on the first mission to mars in 1997 also stars william sadler kind of as your straight face man um you also have uh, bo bridges in there you have jeffrey demun who jeffrey demun if you don't know who that is you'll recognize him mainly from shawshank redemption and green mile he's, he's like a big character in both of those movies yeah i think william sadler was in both of those films too you're you know what you're right actually i never even mm-hmm. thought because william sadler i know from so many things it never occurred to me he's in both those two but uh like is this some sort of weird, like, Shawshank reunion? <laughs> it's a weird reunion, huh? <laughs> well, that's so weird. Um, and then you have... William Sadler, um, I should mention, is also known for the hit television series <laughs> Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I did not know he was in that. Um... Yeah. He is the introduction to Section 31. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I know what that yeah. is. I know what that is. Um, no, we also said that I like a lot. He's popped up in a bunch of stuff. Like he, he's the he's the banker villain 
uh, in a Steven Seagal mm-hmm. film called Hard to Kill. Um, he, you know, he's, a, he's he's good in that. He's he was in the the original Roswell TV show, but ma- you know, mainly I know him from a bunch of movies. I know I know him from Shawshank and Green Mile. Um, he he pops yeah. up. Uh, he sort of always a bridesmaid, never a bride, though, right? Yeah, I mean, he was he's the president in the MCU. Iron Man three. That's true. He was the president. Um, so you know, neat, he's great. Need little touches, yeah. Um, he's got a great face. <laughs> he does. He's, he's very very stern face. He always looks like he's mm-hmm. like pissed off at whoever he's talking to. Um, and then our, our sort of third main because our three main characters are, are are Fred played by Harland, uh, Whale Whale Bill uh, played by. Uh, so it's actually funny that his character's named Bill because Bill's short for William. So he's essentially yeah. his own, own name. Uh, and then you have the third main character, which is Julie Ford, played by Jessica Lundy, who, I mean, isn't really known for anything except one thing that Tara d- d- decided to point out because she's like, do you remember her from Seinfeld? And I'm like, no, not really. And I get <laughs> sent, I do it? I get sent a clip. Yeah, you could do it. Do, 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 do her thing. <laughs> 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 Oh, is that pretty good? Oh, I don't know. I was getting more. Uh, what's the character's name from Friends who has the bad laugh? Oh, I didn't watch Friends. Yeah, Chandler dates someone who's got. Now, admittedly, I'm sure Seinfeld probably did it first, so they were probably ripping off <laughs> Seinfeld. But um, it sounded more. Or just the nanny. I want to say Janet or Janice. I think it's Janice. Um, but anyway. I don't know. Um, I didn't do Friends. But 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 no. Yeah, she she was on an episode of Seinfeld, and he asked her out for a date, but then he told a joke. And her laugh is horrible. She's the woman with the yeah. horrible laugh. Um, so she's she's our love interest in this, if you can believe it. Uh, so <laughs> there's one more, one more actor, the chimp. The chimp, of course. Ulysses. Ulysses. Uh, is that the chimp's real name? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. It's probably more than one chimp. It's pro- yeah, probably more than one chimp. Uh, but yeah, so that that so that's your characters. That's your cast list. The, the movie, you know, they've got, got a mission to Mars, but the guy they've got doing the, the computer calculations on the test runs gets injured. Um, he injures himself, uh, trying to prove that he was right and it's not the computer software, which our main character of Fred uh, designed, and he proves that he's right. So he ends up being a candidate to replace him because they have to launch by a certain date. So they quickly put him through all the tests and training, and then obviously he goes on the mission and but he's such a goofball he's from a kids tv show essentially he's 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 essentially a chuckle brother which tara won't get that reference but for people from the uk uh he's a chuckle brother and sure I, like he's very much a cartoon yeah i i thought of him a lot as like this is kind of like watching homer goes to space you know episode of the simpsons yeah but on a movie scale and live action mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um <sighs> I don't even know where to begin. I <laughs> I don't know where to begin. Did you like this movie? I asked you that first, but you've already kind of said it, I suppose. <laughs> you, you, you basically <laughs> opened the show with going, it holds up! It holds I'm up, everyone! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Last week I had to record Leprechaun 2 with Tim. And... <laughs> It was something else, and I feel like this is as close as we're getting for a while to something like that. Um, hey, Left Card 2, uh, it may not hold up, but it's stuck with me since I was a kid. It's better on the first one, I'll give it that. It's still the reason I say bless you when people sneeze three times. I'm not religious, why would I say that? 
Um, I'm pretty sure everyone says that here, but no one who says it's actually religious. <laughs> it's just, it's just well, what you maybe say. Maybe everyone's seen Leprechaun too. <sighs> don't even. <stop. laughs> you don't want to become the bride. I certainly do not. No, just for the record, <laughs> note it down, someone. I do not want to become the bride of the Leprechaun. <laughs> right. Now that I've said that, I've got it off my chest. Did I, did I enjoy this movie? Do you know, do you know what I, I hate? So what I hate about that question is that I remember this being really stupid. I saw it when I was a kid, once or twice. It was on the Disney Channel, I'm sure, growing up. Uh, so I probably, didn't sure. see, I probably didn't see it in 87, but it was probably like a year or two later when it was on the channel. And I remember liking it as a kid because I like space. I like spaceships. Um, yeah. We have a character That's here who arguably, <laughs> who arguably has the, men, the, mental, the mental capacity of like a, a, a seven, eight, nine-year-old, which I was about at the time. Hey. Yeah. Right? So it's got that going for it, and but you know, I in my memory, I was like, this was just a really stupid, goofy kids movie, and I I, I go into it expecting that, and it very much is a stupid, goofy kids movie. But what I hate is that I can't sit here and say that I wasn't laughing a reasonable <laughs> amount of the time that it was on, even though I kind of hate it. <laughs> <laughs> like but here's here's the here's the thing though is i'm not sure like how much of my laughter came from the fact that i knew you liked this so when a joke happened that i i didn't think it was funny but the thought of you laughing at the joke made me laugh oh the, it's so good the, there's a there's a lot of contextual things in this movie where i feel like it's enhanced because of certain things there's a whole test that they do when they're training for space that made me think of the first episode of the classic twilight zone and because i was thinking of that and then we're getting the the the, the fred z randall uh version of it um you know and this i couldn't help but like laugh <laughs> at the comparison in my head but it wasn't because it was necessarily <laughs> I, I don't know what you say about this movie. What have you done to me? It's okay. I mean, you could say that the parts that you like were probably written by the Chernobyl guy. <laughs> and all the other parts were, sure. Sure. Yeah. Do, 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 so, before we get to spoiler, I, I honestly feel like there's not much, because I think most of this movie is like, just let's talk about how stupid the jokes are and talk about each one. <laughs> That's basically what most of the movie is going to be because it's not like the plot matters that much. It's not. It's not like we're talking talk about character themes or, or growth or arcs or or anything else. There is definitely arcs. Every <laughs> character has an arc in the film, and yeah, there's no, no, some no. great setups <laughs> that pay off later on. They all have the same arc. They all have the "I hate this asshole." By the end, oh, he's kind of lovable, even though he's a complete idiot. That's the arc. That is everyone's arc except him, obviously. Well, okay, I might not fight you on that then, but... <laughs> I'm excited, to, when we get to spoilers, I'm excited to, to, for you to tell me what Fred, uh, uh, I should say Zed to spite him, but it's an American name, so I'll say Fred Z. Randall, like what his character arc is, because I'm not entirely sure, honestly, uh, coming out of the film. Okay. So, but but I want to say, I want to say so there's, there's two moments in this film where I, I remembered something right before it happened and i got annoyed at myself for remembering it and one of them was early on i'll save the other one for later because it was a line quite late on in the film but early on right when he's first been accepted to go into the, the testing and he's leaving home <laughs> he still is with his parents and his mom's running out, goes, oh you're running away again i'm, I'm not running away mom like oh, yeah, i'm a grown man i'm gonna go do things and she brings him like a plate uh, a peanut butter and jelly sandwiches which by the way 
disgusting. How dare you, you filthy people. <laughs> what? Peanut, you don't like PB&J? Peanut butter and jelly should not be together. It is absolute a travesty that... What? What even are you? <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter and jelly is an American thing. People don't know... Tr- like peanut butter and jelly? I, I tried it in my 20s because I wanted to know what it tasted like because it's this weird thing that's always mentioned in American movies and TV shows and it was vile. It was disgusting. It's salty. It's sweet. It's got bread. What's not to like? Peanut butter's great. Jelly or jam, to say it properly, is pretty great. Well, they're two different things. Jelly and jam are two different things. Well, what's jelly to you then? Because jelly to us is what you call jello. Yeah, jelly is more of just like a... It's it's mostly sugar and it's like a gelatin, but um, with I guess juice in it. But the it's more concentrated than Jello though, and jam is more like a like a mixture of fruit and sugar that's been smashed and pureed. So you're saying it didn't work for me because I did it, I did it with jam. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, it should still be delicious. You're crazy <laughs> or a robot. What are you? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, it's like a perfectly neutral sandwich. Everybody likes it. It's the most neutral about it. It's like the most unhealthy sandwich you could possibly have. Uh, okay, I don't think so. Peanut butter and like fruit with a little bit of sugar in it. I don't think so. I love peanut butter. You got your legumes. You, 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 you got your antioxidants. You're not going to sit here. You get whole wheat bread. You know, you got your fiber. <laughs> you're not going to sit here and argue with me that peanut butter is a healthy sandwich option. I mean, why not? It's not that bad. I mean, yeah, it's a little high in fat, but like, as long as you don't have a nut allergy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. I can't believe it yeah. took like f- my mind's been blown. This is like four or five months of recording together, and you've just learned that I hate peanut butter and jelly. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the thought had literally never crossed my mind look, that it was even possible. Look, maybe if I'd been given it as a five-year-old and acquired a taste for it, maybe I'd feel differently. But that doesn't happen. Okay, it doesn't happen in what I will call the civilized countries. <laughs> I just I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> I feel so lost. <laughs> Can I take this moment to remind you that I gave in and agreed to do Rocket Man? Can I win you back over with that fact? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> are we besties again? Am I forgiven? <laughs> yeah, all right okay good they, they want the, the, the peanut butter jelly tension for the rest of the episode to, to derail things <laughs> anyway so the moment that I remembered is that the mom comes out uh, with this plate of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with all the crust cut off which is definitely a kid like thing because this is the weird thing is that I definitely hated the crust as a kid as an adult I love the crust I think the crust is the best part <laughs> yeah as, great. As, long, as long as it's a good bread like you do get some shit I've never been anti-crust even as a kid. But you do get some shitty bread though, and I think this is maybe what did it as a kid, is that you know, depending on where the, the loaf was was bought from, sometimes you get like a shittier crust that you don't like very much. So now I'm just like, no no no, I picked the good bread. <laughs> I just picked bread that I know I like. Um with good crust. Right, and then, something flaky. And then the crust is the best part, yeah. So anyway. 
Um, I like thick bread as well. For the record, I hate people who buy thin bread. No, I want the thick cut bread. Anyway. <laughs> That's <not> Getting hungry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so she brings out these sandwiches, and she's, but she's also cut them into shapes, right? She's got like a star, a rocket ship, uh, a moon. It's a circle. It's a circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but anyway but he he says he says i remembered as soon as this plate came out i remembered him going i'll take the rocket ship and eats the rocket ship i remembered <laughs> that moment mom i'm a full-grown man i do not need sandwiches i'll take the rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> something like that yeah yeah um and I, I i guess you know i'll give the spoiler warning we're just gonna go back to the start of the movie we're going to work our way through it as we do okay. um so, the movie starts with a, a scene with uh, young Fred as a child, who's pretending that he's in a spaceship. He's actually in the washing machine. Uh, <laughs> the dryer. Or the dryer, whatever one it is. I mean, it's a circle, porthole. He's got like a, a, a photo of the Earth, like outside the, outside the thingy. And he's, he's, he's doing all this talk, all this like jargon. He's like... Yeah, T minus to this and blah blah blah, and then the the, the, the turns on and you start spraying. The mum comes up and gets him, right? There's nothing inherently wrong with this scene. I'm not I'm not complaining about this scene, right? It's fine. It's a fine fine scene saying the kid cares about space travel. Fine. Mm-hmm. My complaint with this scene is that him as an adult for the rest of the movie is dumber than he is in this scene. This kid <laughs> seems more level headed than Fred does for the rest of the film. Fred is not dumb he's just a little socially inept that's all we all know people like this no 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 no! i will not accept this i am socially inept i am socially inept this is not socially inept (laughs) no way i mean the man has clearly graduated from a good school he wrote a program to get people to mars look i i am as about as nerdy as most circles will experience and I want to stuff this asshole in a locker, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who scored very well on his SATs, went to Berkeley, and got his first apartment and called another friend of mine because he couldn't figure out how to light his electric stove. That's who this guy is. He's like an extreme version of that. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, you don't light electric stoves. It's electric. I'm, I'm aware of this yes um i have a gas stove myself uh so it does in fact light uh yes but, as do i yes but uh, uh it, it, it's got a built-in thing though you don't have to spark it yourself sure um, it has a little ignite option yes it's got it this is a fancy advantage i remember i went to someone's house because i've always had that like all my life i've had like just ones that'll do it themselves and i went to someone's house it was my friend's like first apartment after like high school and they got like this cheap like cooker and it was like the stove and they had to use like one of those lighters to like light i'm like what the hell is this caveman bullshit <laughs> <laughs> what is this gus disapproves yeah gus disapproves it's like it's like and I, I, I don't know why this is turned into the shit on the americans episode but it's like <laughs> americans don't have an electric kettle and have to heat up water on the stove or or in a more extreme example in the microwave which i have heard happens i do that we don't heat up water here because we don't make tea. We make coffee. Still have to heat up water for coffee. Well, yeah, but you boil it with the coffee in the coffee maker. 
The, the, the electric kettle is, is an all-purpose device, though. You can use it for many a thing that you need hot water for. It's the we need hot water for it that you can't microwave. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is this is. I don't even drink tea. I don't. I mean, I, I can drink it. I don't think it's disgusting like coffee is. But like, I I I, I have no desire for tea. Like like three hundred and sixty days out of the year. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a tea person. I can do mint tea, but that's it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of. Whenever someone says, "Oh, do you want to go to like Starbucks or something?" I'm like. I guess I'm getting that milkshakey frap thing that I like because like I don't like any hot drinks. <laughs> so I'll just I'll have diabetes in a cup. I'll get the candy, please. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway. Starbucks for ice cream? That's disgusting. <laughs> Why ruin ice cream? Oh dear. Okay. Right, so we've done the first scene. We've talked about the first scene. <laughs> So we're introduced to him, and this is where I say like he's like a, a cartoon character, or actually Joey's like he's kind of like Mister Bean in some places because the the opening where he drives his yeah, it's a lot of accidental like things working out for him. Yeah, it was specifically the way he drives into work, and he like he parks his car between two cars, and he, he has to come at the top, the sunroof. Yeah, that like, is Mister Bean, isn't it? That is so Mister Bean. Um, it's not even it's not even like disguising the fact that it's because this would have been right at the height of Mister Bean as well. Ninety seven. This is this is the year. Oh that sure, it, I watched Mister Bean as a kid. Yeah. Because uh, I think the Bean movie might have even been the same year. It was around, it was around this time. Um, Beans work, but see, we see them testing, and the computer guy is like, "Nah, my calculations are right. There's something wrong with the software." They're like, "Oh well, go find the guy who made it then." So that leads us to him, and they're waiting in his office when he get he comes in, and they're they hiding behind him, and he he doesn't see them, and he's got po- he's, he's got like a poster of their crew on the wall, but he's got himself cut out and like pasted on the side of it as if he's got his arm around uh, Julie right yeah so just a little creepy uh but he sits down at his computer he's like five minutes till actual work day time that means five minutes to save the world and he starts <laughs> playing computer games and joe you know i love about this is that this is like peak mid-90s whoever wrote this doesn't understand how video games work or how they are so they've just got on with because the, there was a time in the 90s where if someone was playing a video game in a movie or a tv show it would be the you know the flight control stick it would always be that yeah it, he's got a joystick on either side of his of his rotating chair yeah like it was always that it was never an actual controller for a a console it was always the joystick because that's what did you not use the joystick i have never touched one oh really that's how i played like computer games for a long time because for a while it was just a lot of like wing commander and flight simulator or like x-wing games or descent like they're all flying games and it's just so much easier so what you're saying is is that you're older than me (laughs) This has already been established. <laughs> <laughs> just, just checking, just checking. Um, I love how mentioning you're older than me is almost as common now as my Buffy references. It's like, it's like I'll find a way. To sort of you do not get points for this. This is not going to be a recurring bit. Oh no, no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. I'll find a, I'll find a place for my other reference later on. No, don't you worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they catch him playing his video game and they want to talk to him. Um, and they're like, hey, there's so-, he, he, he sort of nerds out. I, I did... Oh, what was the line he says to William Sadler here? Um, about... Oh, he said, uh, I feel like a, a paleontologist yeah. has stumbled upon a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been a paleontologist for decades and I finally got to meet a dinosaur. <laughs> 
Thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. The, okay. <laughs> and he See, said, uh, "You've been on like so, so many missions," and he gives him an actual number. Sadler gives him an actual number, like like thirteen. But who's counting? Apparently, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll. Joe, you know I'm going to confess here is that this movie actually works half the time, and it works at moments like these. When the joke is, is that he he says things that point other people's bullshit out without him meaning to do that, and they don't want that thing pointed out, so that's when it becomes funny. If it, 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 it's very much, <laughs> it's very much, and in some ways, not, not that she's this goofy, but like the character of Cordelia Chase in the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who oh, dare you. who would always blurt things out. <laughs> Uh, and how people are feeling or what they're thinking and sort of like you know she, she wouldn't have time for like covering things up she'd always see past the bullshit um right. and i feel like here he does this but he does it more accidentally where he just mm-hmm. kind of stumbles onto it and that's kind of when it becomes funny um the slapsticky stuff i'm less into necessarily it depends what it is i suppose sure. this is a family movie meaning yes. like your lowest um like common denominator I don't want to say that. I'm going to say like uh, like from the really young kids to, you know, grown-ups taking the kids to the movie theater. Like everybody can enjoy it. Well, the first joke that... Harlan Williams is for the kids. Sure. Well, here's the thing. The, the first joke that really made me laugh... Actually, before I get to that, we'll just mention the end of this scene. Uh, he sits down and says, okay, let me look at the data. And he's looking at it for a minute. Um, there's a stupid joke where he's like, oh, that's it. Uh, yep, yep. Oh, I've got it. Yeah, I had, the, I had this popcorn kernel in my teeth for the last two weeks. I got it. Um, <laughs> why, why are you laughing at that? That wasn't that funny. <laughs> I know. It was fine. But um, he, he finally... And then he flicks it. Yeah, he just flicks it somewhere, yeah. Um, he flicks it, but it makes like this bonk sound. <laughs> like all the, all the sound effects are so exaggerated. Like oh, yeah. anything is lethal in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he looks at the data. He's like, "Oh, here's your problem. Here, you you've you've not accounted for this other set of figures or whatever, or that this differential." Uh, and the computer guy's like, "Oh no, don't 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 no, my numbers are valid. Don't don't you say I'm bad at my job? How dare you?" He's like, "No, just sir, watch. Like, let me put in something what we call the correct numbers, and we'll see what happens." <laughs> And he has a little model. We'll do it the right way. Yeah, he has a little model of the the landing uh, rover or you know pod or whatever you call it. Um, and it sort of spins up and then lands, and the computer simulation kind of like completes properly. And then the guy's like, "Well, no, let me show you how I do it, and I'll I'll show you that it works." And sure, you know, he types it in, but then it starts spinning really fast. And this is how he gets injured because the landing pod module hits him in the head. Which, by the way, how did that hitting him in, in the head lead to him in a neck brace? I I, I would love to hear this. It's because um, whiplash. Uh, he he gets progressively worse because things keep happening to him he does. because of Fred. Well, let's be honest. But let's be honest. I don't know. It's I mean, if the popcorn kernel being flicked <laughs> at someone's head can make that kind of sound, then yeah, a model made out of popsicle sticks can cause a skull fracture. This is just movie logic. Let's be honest here. It's this, consistent throughout the whole film. This movie is fred systematically destroying this man's life like that's what this movie is he systematically injures re-injures like the man barely steps out of his wheelchair halfway through this film and then immediately gets injured again by fred that is the, the he lands s- on his head the sequence of the <laughs> body sitting in the wheelchair 
<laughs> right. So my my, my the first line of the movie that genuinely made me laugh, and I think it made me laugh again because it's a dumb line, but it's a sort of dumb sense of humor that we kind of joke about when we're watching mystery science theater films where yeah he meets uh, julie for the first time there's a whole confusing f- confusion because um he's not seen the chimp yet he's not seen uh ulysses and he- he's just been told that he's-, he's meeting his roommate so he thinks julie's his roommate and he's all kind of flustered and excited and he's like oh I- I'll-, I'll be an honor sleeping with you <laughs> Which is obviously a line that I'm going to use now. But, you know, I'll be honest sleeping with you. And then he's, and it kind of ruins it for me a little bit because he kind of like coughs and realizes what he said. And he's like, oh, I mean, I'm in separate beds. I'm like, no, no, don't do that. Just say it deadpan and let it sit. Let it sit. <laughs> yes. Do you do you agree, disagree with this line? You, yeah, know. it's a good line. Yeah. Uh, what I enjoy less of is him wrestling with the chimp behind the glass uh, and the room being wrecked. Yeah. Like, it's not that I don't like some slapstick, because I actually like Mr. Bean a lot, you know, and he's definitely got some slapstick in him. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of this is just a bit too cartoony for me. Um, it's, I, I know it's, it's not it's not a serious movie, but you're telling me none of them, neither of them having this conversation here, any of this, because he's literally knocking over shelves and shelves of, like, equipment. There's chaos uh, happening. I don't know. Soundproof glass, I guess. <laughs> Oh my god. It's a state, it's NASA, right? They've got all the best stuff. <laughs> Is this going to be like another hour of me like pointing things out and you defending everything with every, every fiber <laughs> of your being? No, Peter, this is why it's okay. Listen to me. I mean, the movie doesn't try to pretend that it's something else. <laughs> I hate to argue because I can't argue with it. <laughs> <sighs> This is not highbrow. No, no. He he also puts his foot in his mouth with uh, Bud Nesbitt, uh, who he actually calls the... I don't know what the exact word was, but it's like you're the, the, the failure of Apollo 13 or something to that effect. Yeah, like you're the guy who caused Apollo 13, but like stops, like, I don't know, stops but, talking halfway through. Yeah, but then the guy in charge walks through the door and sees all the mess and assumes that it's him. He's like, oh, you have uh, been making more mistakes there, Ned. Or Bud, rather. <laughs> um, yeah, clearly they have history. Yeah, so... And obviously he's got kind of the sweet story where he gets his redemption at the end when he's, he gets to be in mission control and talk them through the storm and whatever, but, you know, that's the whole thing. I like seeing Bo Bridges. We don't get a lot of him, you know? He's always the... Uh, Although I did see him in Stargate SG-1 because I watched an episode of that today. It was just on TV during breakfast. And I thought, I'm going to check this out since we watched Stargate the other day. <laughs> just just a random episode in the middle. And I was um, really excited to see Bo Bridges. Yeah, and also the voice of Kratos from the God of War games. Christopher Judge, yeah. There you go. He says, indeed, a lot <laughs> in the show. I don't, I don't know anything about the show or anybody's character. Uh, did not get into it. But <laughs> well, I, to be fair, I think starting a random episode doesn't help with that. Like you know, if you started yeah. with episode one, maybe it I'm draws tired you. Tired of watching local news. Yeah. <laughs> so I had my share of sig alerts for the day. I already knew what the weather was going to be. So, yeah. All right. What's There's so many channels here now. Like <laughs> I, I get so overwhelmed when I turn the TV on. I'm used to like, well, I'm used to zero channels because I haven't had cable in a while, but now there's like 1,600 channels 
and like half of them are HD and I don't know which ones. <laughs> That's a lot of channels to channel surf through. It is. I, I've not channel surfed in like probably close to a decade at this point. It's something I've just right. went away from. So I saw something with a familiar title and like, I'm just sticking with this. Sure. Sure. Uh, that's I'm sure a, it's a fine show for anybody who's into Stargate SG One. There's certain channels that I would maybe utilize if they were in HD, because it's the niche ones that I like. <laughs> you know, the horror channel. Like, if the horror channel was in HD, I might watch some stuff on it. But it's... I wonder if I have a horror channel. You got 1600. There's bound to be a horror S channel in there somewhere. <laughs> I know. It's gonna take me three months to find it. I I bet like 200 at least of porn. That's my guess. Yeah, there's definitely porn. I, yeah. I, I saw where those were. <laughs> oh, you went that high in the numbers. Because they're always up top. Not, you always go keep you can keep going higher. Just past the music channels. Just past yeah. the music channels. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um I, we were already in the movie. Uh I'm I'm losing track. Know. I'm losing track. Uh so Yeah, so he goes to the bar and William Sadler plays a joke on him. Uh, gets him drunk. Um, even though I don't think he's ever been uh, drunk before, so he goes kind of wacky. And then we get the, the right. portion of the movie. The next like twenty minutes of the movie is like going through each of the tests, which I think we can talk about each one on their own. Uh, sure. Because I think the first one's probably the most interesting one. This was the one that I was referring to when I was talking about uh, Twilight Zone. Uh, so I w- I'm going to spoil the first ever episode of Classic Twilight Zone here, uh, just so I can say why it's like relevant. Uh, but first episode of Twilight Zone is an episode where someone's like wandering around town on their own and he's wondering why there's no one else around. And the plot twist to the episode is that it's actually, this is all in his head because he's went mad from being in an isolation room because they're testing like, the, the effects of isolation for space travel. So obviously this popped into my mind when they're doing this test with him. And Obviously. they've got like another person who who knows the science but didn't test very well so oh, we'll test them again see if it does better this time and so they've got their isolation rooms next to each other right so they can't see each other but if they, if they yell they can hear each other and that's important uh, <laughs> not the best isolation chamber design no because it's not <laughs> really to talk to the other person yeah not really the best isolation. So what this actually turns into... So I mean, this is really a, a science fiction horror film because this <laughs> next section is about Fred making this other guy... Uh, I think Gary's his name. Uh, or no, Gordon. Sorry, it's Gordon. Um, making him insane. He drives him to insanity by the end of this, mm-hmm. this 24-hour period they have to stay in this box uh, on their own because he never shuts up. He he sings, he he yodels, he talks to his own echo, he you know, he does a puppet the show. Puppet shows with socks. I mean he literally ends the, the test with them opening the door and he's like, Oh, can you give me a few more minutes? I just started the third act. Like that that's mm-hmm. the that's the line he has at the end of it. Um Turns out he's perfect for space travel. It turns out he's just psychotic enough for space travel, I think is the, the correct uh term Gordon here. Gordon came out with his pants on his head saying that someone stole his pants <laughs> it's crazy go on go on so 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 far John I, Jacob Dingleheimer Schmidt <laughs> I, I have been sitting describing some of these scenes and then you're reacting to them I want you to tell me about these scenes um 
what's what's the next one you just swap roles for a second here. uh the one after that i think it's the uh the um the spinny thing <laughs> i don't know what it's called mm-hmm where they're testing the g-force well it's, yeah, it's, it's like motion sickness testing essentially sure yeah so they're testing g-force so you have to go in the chair and then they do the spinny thing they get from four g's and of course um william sadler's character bill holds the record for the most amount of g's sustained without getting motion sickness or passing out and so he gives him he gives the technician the nod like start him off at like at five so yeah. they go to five Oh, that's not that's not <laughs> gloss. Taking... Tara, huh. that's not that's not gloss over the fact that Gordon gets off the thing because oh, he, he he's went to like five something. Yeah, he got yeah. off and didn't get sick, but he looks pretty bad. And then Harlan Williams goes, uh, "Shouldn't have had that liverwurst and onion sandwich for lunch," <laughs> <laughs> and pats him on the back, and he really goes throws up. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that your laughter and enjoyment of this has infected me. I hate it. I hate. I hate that I'm. Enjoy- I, I. I laughed as much as I did at the stupid movie. Yeah, I know you laughed during the movie. <laughs> I did. I did. But I. I, I don't know if it's uh, like part of it. I think it's because you were so hell bent on me watching it, and I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm just like, what? Hey, this show is going to cover all forms of sci-fi. We do not discriminate. The good and clearly the bad. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, clearly. This is from soon-to-be Emmy Award-winning writer of Chernobyl. <laughs> Craig Mason. <laughs> Craig Mason, yeah. There you go. I've only listened to, like, five episodes of a podcast with him. I know. Yeah. Oh, uh, dear. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so that's that test. But of course, Bill. He like, takes it as a ride, yeah, and he keeps yeah. saying, "Go faster and faster," and breaks the record. And and, then, and this is where it's probably the most cartoony it's gotten up until this point, where he flies like off the 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 arm, and the, the chair, chair breaks off. Yeah, the chair goes flying through multiple walls, and of course, it's just as uh, the injured man is, uh, you know, he's, he's take, somebody's neck braces come off. He's been told that he should try walking soon, which I actually thought out of context that sentence sounded really weird. Like the nurse is just like, "You should try walking," and then she just walks away. And it felt, <laughs> yeah. like, it felt like it felt like a cruel thing to walk. I was like, imagine just walking up to someone in a wheelchair. You should try walking, and just leaving. <laughs> Thanks, bitch. God. <laughs> now I don't. Re- I don't remember if I tried this lane or. My, my, for those of you who don't know, my father uh, was in a wheelchair uh, up until his death, uh, and he. So my childhood, he was in a wheelchair, and see when you live in the house with someone in a wheelchair and you're a kid, you do crack jokes. Jokes are sure. cracked. Um, I don't know if I ever said that lane to him. And if I didn't, I regret it. I regret you it. Try walking. I, I I regret it deeply. Have you tried just standing up? I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. So no, like, uh, he, so he he hits him in the wheelchair. I dodge a couple of nuns and a bunch of school kids. Oh yeah, I like how he does like half a prayer on the, on the way past. Yeah. He's like our mother, you know. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know the words. I don't know the words to the. I don't know either. The 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 religion. Not my area of expertise. <laughs> you gotta adjust. Sitting on the floor. Ta- Tara Tara's not got a chair on the desk yet, so she's uh. <laughs> not yet. I have a chair, but I'm using it to hold up my computer. <laughs> <laughs> 
so she has to has to adjust ass cheeks every so often. Uh, I mean, as yeah. I mean, to be fair, so am I. But when I do it, I'm just going like this, and there you go, it's yeah. done. You know, and I do that, and I'm done. There you go, the art of the ass cheek swap. Um, <laughs> so the hot tips you get watching these. <laughs> Uh, answer answers to commonly damn it <laughs> I'm trying try to think of a new acronym that fits the ace alright anyway um, and we've got I, I'll be honest one of the jokes I actually really liked in this movie was acronym focused we'll get to that later when they're launching um, but they're so they're doing these tests. I know which one. It's making yeah. me laugh. And then the next, the next test is like another chair one, but it's like he has to spin around and the well, it's not next. I guess the breath one next, but we'll do them in order. It's fine. Um, it's like the, the I, it's the and I've seen this in other movies actually. This test uh, in NASA plot lines, uh, the the chair that kind of spins them around all over the place, but they have to like solve a thing in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like this would equally cause nausea though. I feel like this would also make you sick. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know. Maybe not compared. Sure. Maybe the other one's worse for nausea, sure. But like, I feel like, and maybe if you've already done that one, this one's a cakewalk in that sense. But you know, I don't know. It's interesting. I haven't experienced anything like it. I do get seasick, and that has to do with the, uh, like, the rocking. There's like a certain rhythm where everybody gets sick when they rock back. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but. Yeah, but everyone has a different rhythm, surely. Yeah, and that's why some I people guess. don't really but get there seasick. Are some that are worse it's... than others. Yeah, I wasn't sick every time I went out to sea, but there were times where certain like slow ones. Mm. Because there's some people who who <laughs> never get seasick, and I have to imagine just because th- their trigger rhythm is just something that most boats don't hit. <laughs> sure, I guess. Yeah, there are tricks. Eat crackers. Well, I'm glad there's tricks because you were in the Navy, so if you were getting seasick all the time, that would somewhat impair. I ate a lot of crackers, a lot of saltines. <laughs> so I definitely get seasick. There's the breath test where they're keeping a ball up in the the like the the test tubey thing, right? Um, come to the ace for all these technical terms. We know what we're talking about all the time. Uh, it's a ping pong ball in a tube yeah. with the uh, yeah. lines on it <laughs> and water. <laughs> Yes, in water. So, but they're doing like a breath test, and he's already got his ball like all the way near the top of it, whereas the other guy Gordon's like only about halfway up. And, he, and I felt really bad for Gordon because he's looking over at him as he's doing it because because he, they're basically blowing into like a, a little hose, and he's like, huh? and he's like, and he's like trying really hard to like go go do better because he can see how well he's doing. Uh, but of course, Fred's ping pong ball shoots out the top of it and bounces off various things in the room and hits Gordon square in the forehead after he breaks the record. After he breaks the record, yes. He breaks another record of William Sather's character. Yeah. Which is important because later on his ability to hold his breath will be very, very useful. Uh, yeah, this movie is really great at setting up things that down the road pay off. It's really well written. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you know, you think it's just a fun joke, but it turns out, oh, you need to know this for later. Oh, this is this is so your leprechaun too. It's not even funny. <laughs> yeah, I need to watch leprechaun too. Oh my god. Um, 
We're going to watch it tonight. At the time of recording, uh, the review is going up tomorrow. So, I mean, you could you could certainly visit the review tomorrow if you want. <laughs> I better watch the movie tonight then. Uh, okay, so we we have the tests and they're, they're done. And Tara sent me a gif today. Um, presumably of one of her favorite moments of, of the film. Yes. There's a press conference in which they are announcing to the world which of the the two candidates will be replacing the third man on the flight to Mars. And even though like he did bad in all the tests, everyone's still expecting it to be Gordon because Fred's just an absolute maniac and no one wants to trust him. However, they announce it's Fred... <laughs> And, and Tara, do you want to do a, 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 a recreation of, of this moment? Oh, I can't. I've got roommates. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a full on Miss America pageant winner. <laughs> <laughs> but like a, pro- a proper, like I, I, I faked a high pitched scream there, like it's a proper high pitched scream there. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, he, he shrieks. He shrieks at the sound of his name. Uh, that he's get, getting to go to Mars, and you know, there's almost no like time between this and like when they actually launch. You know, he has like one moment with uh, Bo Bridges where he's like, you know, I got three coins from uh, my my you know my service, and I gave one to this astronaut, one to this astronaut. Here's the third one for you. Like, that seems like a waste of a coin here, Bo. I would I would maybe keep that on you. I, I don't know if Fred's the the sort of guy you want to be giving your your lucky coin to. He sees something in him. He sees John Glenn, Lovell, Manson. <laughs> Manson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wants to get on his good side. Bundy. <laughs> Bundy. Whoa. <laughs> Gacy. <laughs> Vargulish. Who's the one? <laughs> <laughs> who's the one whose whose dog told him to kill people? Son of Sam. Oh. <laughs> Little son of Sam. Oh, maybe he's just thinking if I give him a coin, he won't kill me later when he comes back. Um, right? Yeah. It won't murder me later. Uh, it's like the neighbor of a serial killer, right? Like, I thought he was a good guy. So <laughs> my barbecues. So I'll give you. Um, I'll give you a joke here, the acronym joke. So they're in the, the, the shuttle, they're waiting for launch, they're counting down, and uh, both both Julie and, and Bill are, you know, doing all their checks, and they're talking to command, the command center, mission control, and like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing that. And every time, one of, and they're kind of alternating between them, and every time one of them says an acronym, um, like we're checking the PYG or you know the the the, the CNB or you know the the just throwing all these I don't I don't know what they mean they're, they're just saying things right I'm, they're probably all bullshit right yeah. <laughs> in between everyone to sound like he fits in uh, Fred says just random acronyms that he knows AT and T so, AT and T KFC CNN HBO <laughs> MTV so dumb <laughs> and it is so dumb but for some reason it made me laugh and I, I'm not happy about it I'm not happy about it <laughs> oh this movie's gold <laughs> you're a mad woman you're a woman of varied taste 
Yeah, it goes all the way down to the shit end of the scale. <laughs> yes, those eyebrows are good for the, uh, the audio listeners. They know what look you're giving me. <laughs> oh, cat's off. I suspect the kitty cat wants out now. Mischief. Oh, we can actually see him clawing at the door. Oh, we got it on camera. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the realization that she'll have to get up and also be on camera while still putting the door, which is why she's pandalol to the right. Um, so we'll wait for the cat to come back in a minute then, because the cat will always come back. Always. Every next day. <laughs> <laughs> Thought um, it was a goner. So they got to space uh, and by the way I, I do want to note a lot of stock footage of the rocket taking off and also later when they're seeing like crowds of people around the world all stock footage very obviously it doesn't match the footage of the rest of yeah. the film at all uh, so you know fair enough and that's notable because the rocket launch looks quite good because it's stock footage uh, when we get to shots of the, the shuttle just going through space towards Mars it looks so cheap and fake totally. yeah <laughs> It looks like the Fisher Price version. Yeah, it looks so cheap and fake. Uh, which, by the way, Mars itself, uh, the the planet, is it just me or did they crank up the red a little bit too much? Because it, it looks so red. Yeah, it it's... is like cherry flavored. Yeah, I'm like, no, Mars. <laughs> it's more of an orangey color. Would you call it the red planet? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, it's the color of like red sand, like iron. Yeah infused sand you know exactly so, so yeah but we can skip straight to mars because there's there's some commotion on the way to mars as you would expect uh we we have um fred smurfing himself or sorry he blew himself uh <laughs> <laughs> because he sticks his head in the toilet would have been great if he had cut off and oh yes so good uh that's an arrested development reference for anyone who didn't uh catch it um but basically, they're doing this, uh, like, you know, presentation to the world, right? They're talking to the president. They're going to be on TV from the from the show. And it's like, he he's agreed that he's going to, going to skip that. Fred won't be there. But he ends up sauntering in because he's, like, you know, just stuck his head in the toilet and he's confused. So he comes up and they're already live. And he's like, oh, are we, are we on? Oh. And the president's like, <laughs> uh, and the president's like, hey, son, yeah, take a moment and uh, tell us what you're, what you're going through. Maybe why you're blue, for example. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, and he basically starts doing this this speech about how the Earth looks like a, a blueberry and how it's almost like he can hold the whole world in his hand. And he starts saying uh, he can hold the whole wide world in his hands, right? And then he does a second verse. He goes, "Okay, and now all the French people." And he starts. The tab. <laughs> yeah, he just says like random French Which things. Which means he knows. I have a butterfly on the table. Because <laughs> afterwards he says something like, he just like says, uh, it's not Moulin Rouge, but it's something like that where he just goes, Moulin Rouge. <laughs> like he's, he's just saying French <laughs> titles that he knows. Um, and then he does it for like, uh, I want to say maybe Germany, right? And it's just cutting around the world. People start singing in. It's whatever. This is a stock footage. I will say, I did get a little uncomfortable at the end when he went to uh, now China. Chinese. Because that one just kind of felt racist. And I'm sure it's not intended to feel that way given the context of the previous languages, but it just came off a little bit eek. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. You know, that that, that joke's not aged well, so... Um, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. 
I don't think there is a Chinese language. Isn't it just Mandarin and Cantonese? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think the way he phrases it, he says, I know the, you know, the, the Chinese, as in the Chinese people. You know. Oh, okay. Right. I, I don't think <laughs> he didn't say now in Chinese. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. To his credit, not that I think he would. He doesn't strike me as a character who would understand that either. But to to his credit, he did not say that. Sure. Okay. Yeah, not say that. But there's a bit of a blunder on the because he bonds a little bit with uh, with Julie because they're looking at the earth and the stars and they're like, oh, I had a, I picked a star as a kid. And like so did I, and they have a little sweet moment. And it's like, mm-hmm. is she actually falling for this idea? Like. Like this is like that episode of uh, It's Always Sunny uh, in Philadelphia where Dee like starts dating someone who is uh, mentally ill, and <laughs> like, like I don't know if I've seen this one. Like that's that's <laughs> this is legitimately what it made me think of is like how, how why would you want to be in a relationship with this 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 guy who's got a me- the mental age of a of a seven year old like it's. I mean, he does a pretty good rendition of. Uh... When you wish upon a star. <laughs> I guess. I think she's sure. starting to see, like, maybe she can lighten up a little bit. Mm, Have sure. a good time. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, he is a genius, right? Computer genius? He's a computer genius and also a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So there's a bit of a blunder. Uh, which So they're going, they're going into cryosleep, right? For, for the trip. I, I do I do want to pick up pick this pick at this a little bit because there's like oh we're going to cryo sleep for eight months and I'm like eight months you could just have the journey in eight months <laughs> like <laughs> like I mean but obviously we're already like you know stretching like what's possible in 1997 because they're going to Mars right but like yeah. and okay we can we'll, we'll say that we've got cryo sleep because that's something that sci-fi movies do when we're talking about long you know journeys in space but I'm like yeah. it's eight months like I feel like. Uh, any other movie I've seen that's had a space trip that's eight months? No, they, they just talk about the fact that they're on the ship for like a year. And they just deal with it. Sure. Did they do it in the Martian? Were there like some people sleeping and some people not? I don't remember them sleeping. I remember them uh, all being up and like just, just talking about the fact that the trip's yeah. going to the take... The ship was a lot bigger. Yeah, because I think if I remember right, it was like a two... Like, I mean, this is probably inaccurate given like how far Mars is, but I remember them saying, oh, it's like a, this is a two-year trip. You know, we're going to... You know, we, we essentially live together for two years there, two well, years Well, yeah, back. but it's a one year like going one way and then another year going back. Okay. Because they have this thing around Earth. Yeah. So that's that's good, Um, I, I guess, and the, the eight months in this is closer to the Martian, which means I assume it's closer to not being completely Accuracy. yeah it's not completely silly <laughs> i seem so too yeah uh but oh the research one thing kind of i'm sure there'll be a commenter saying no nah, the actual distance to mars is this but then again we don't know how fast they're going no and it's different if you leave from earth and in the martian i think they're left from space from like a spaceport that's true also i mean worth mentioning is well, that said i'm pretty sure that you always go as fast as you can in space because why wouldn't you well, you have to slow down eventually. Well, yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is because you get propelled in space, right, and then you just let the momentum carry you. Um, sure. Presumably, we move as fast as we reasonably can without having the fancy things like light speed travel and all sorts that would let us get further. Mm-hmm. I assume we just go as fast. Like you know, when we say it takes this long to get to the moon or this long to get to Mars, it's like that's literally as fast as we can go. Like, why wouldn't we be going top speed? Yeah. 
<laughs> like, yeah, I guess. Well, you know, we're just going to go at half speed. Just make it a, a nice, like, you know, scenic journey. Yeah, space. It's still space. Oh, next day you get up, it's still space. Oh, it's still black with some stars. Oh, it's changed so much. It looks really pretty in Star Trek. <laughs> Even an impulse. Uh, I love how you brought up Star Trek again. <laughs> You're welcome, audience. Uh, this movie so, has it all. <laughs> oh, you make me die over here. Um, so, there's a blunder though. Why don't you describe what happens on the way there? They're going to cry sleep, and what happens right. that shakes things up? So the two other astronauts go into their cryo sleep chambers first, and then um, Fred has to put the monkey away, but he gets distracted by um, Julie's beauty <laughs> while she's falling asleep. <laughs> that the the chimp, excuse me, gets out of his tiny little chamber and goes into Fred's and closes it, and it automatically starts up. So Fred says, well, fine, if you're going to take mine, I'm going to take yours. And he, like, folds himself into this tiny little, little chimpanzee-sized cryo-chamber tube. And mm-hmm. the gas kicks in, and he goes to sleep. And he wakes up feeling extra refreshed. And he goes to the computer to see how for how long, how much longer until the trip. And he's only been asleep for 13 minutes. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> 13 minutes and then we get a great montage of him like just trying not to go crazy i am genuinely and genuinely in awe of how excited tara was describing that 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 that, that moment um I, I want to poke out a couple of holes in this one why did you specifically build one that's half size for the, for the chimpanzee like that would have solved this problem and then secondly why or oh why did the two astronauts who are trustworthy and sensible and effectively in charge, let Fred be the last one to go to sleep. Like, they should have tucked him in. Like, tuck him in and make sure he's knocked out before they go to sleep. Yeah, maybe, um... Let the, yeah, the chimpanzee seems to know what he's doing, so maybe take care of Fred first. Yes. <laughs> um... And I'm going to double down on that because at the end of the movie, the joke at the, right at the very end is that it happens again on the way back. And I'm like, <laughs> did you two learn nothing? Do not trust Fred to go on his cryo sleep chamber on his own. And he's going to have to lick the ceiling for food. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we should probably talk about the fact that before they go to sleep, he makes them dinner, right? And they've got all these tubes with food in them. And the, the chimpanzee... Throw... <laughs> oh my God. Gus is... Uh having one of those days yes go back to sleep you little menace this is so exciting we're 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 watching tara uh drag a cat tree across the room uh with great difficulty so that she can hopefully distract the cat with uh a fluffy bit of rope why not we don't have an extra mystery science theater this week so yeah, Why not do kitty cat instead? You get kitty cat action, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, actually, for, for a rare occasion, I don't have any cats in here, I don't think. Well, I'm doubling down on mine. You're doubling down. Um, but yeah, double down. So please refer to the point I just made about how at the end they've learned nothing and still go to sleep first and let Fred get himself in this <laughs> position again. 
Well, I mean, Fred's kind of earned like their admiration at this point because he saved both of them and completed the mission. And who knows? He would. I, I mean, if anybody else was there, who knows if they would have made it? And so, because they had their character arcs of going from not liking him to accepting him as one of their own, I guess they just kind of trust him from this point. <laughs> Also, it's a kid's movie, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they wake up. There's a, well, there's a montage of him wasting tons of food by like, using it to paint and draw things. and He's basically done uh, his uh, 16th chapel on the, on the ceiling. 16th, yeah. Uh, 16. It's not, it's not the number. 15. Uh, I said sixteenth chapel, did I? Not? Oh, I thought you said sixteenth. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I said sixteenth, but look, maybe maybe some accent, you know. Uh, okay. Uh, collateral damage occasionally. Anyway, um, so he's done that in the ceiling, and it's like of him touching the 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 chimp chimp's like finger, but he's also got uh, Julie sort of with his arm around her as well. I'd be upset if I was Bill. You know, on, on top of the fact that he's wasted all of the food that, you know... He's not included in the yeah. mural. Oh, oh, I was going to tell you about uh, the, the chimp swapping out the food in the dinner scene with uh, uh, laxatives, um, which was which is why uh, uh, Fred has to Fred. go to the toilet. Uh, but we also end up with um, a hemorrhoid cream uh, for, for, for William Sadler. And then Julie... Yeah, I mean, she gets off light toothpaste. I mean, yeah, you put that in your mouth anyway. I mean, sure, I'm not saying I would like to put a big wallop of it on its own just in, but thinking it's potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> but like, you know, it's not the worst thing ever. Like <laughs> hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> Pretty terrible. Yeah. Laxatives, at least you're supposed to eat. True, true. I mean, it has a has an unfortunate knock-on effect, but. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a suppository, but I don't think those come in tubes. No, no, no. Um, n- not unless um, you get a syringe or something. <laughs> Sh- shove it up your yeah. ass. Yeah. Oh, move it on. Okay, we'll move it on. T- Towers giving him the signal that we don't want to talk about laxatives anymore. <laughs> All right, so they wake up. They're not happy about him, but they get to Mars. And... He's kind of useless. He just gives a number here or there when they're landing. But they get down to Mars, and Bill's supposed to be the first man who steps on Mars. He's the captain. He's supposed to have his Neil Armstrong moment. And he's talking to the president. He's talking to the world through TV, right? As he as he's going down on the, on the ladder. And he's, like, and he's, you know, he's not quite saying, you know, one small step, blah, blah, but he's, he's doing his version of that speech. He's given this speech. Yeah, out. something very well rehearsed. Yes. He's been thinking about this for years. And Fred, who's starting to descend the ladder himself, then slips and falls and lands first. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not going to lie, if Bill decided to murder him right there and then, I would not have blamed him. I love it. I would not have blamed him. Not only does he step on on Mars first, but he's also the first to 
to say words on Mars. Yes, the first words on Mars, which is, I'm actually amazed we've not mentioned this yet, because one of the most common things he does, which is really childish, is he'll do something bad that people don't like, and he'll immediately say, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And he'll, 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 he'll point at the chimp and say it was a chimp, or he'll point at Julie, he'll point at someone, and he lands on Mars and says, it wasn't me, and makes like a newspaper <laughs> cover saying it wasn't me, first, first words on Mars. Uh, and later on of course when he says this again Bill rightly points out we're on Mars there's no one else it could be (laughs) later on one of the best scenes of the film probably the reason the film was made (laughs) that cat is so dumb yes so I want to make a general observation about the Mars portion here uh, is that they're in obviously astronaut you know outfits and spacesuits now I pointed this out to you and I watched it first did you notice what I pointed out about the the helmets yeah I noticed this when I was a kid too yeah Uh, not every shot but for some reason there's random shots throughout the Mars section where the spacesuits just don't have the glass in them they're just open but we're supposed to think there's glass in them why I don't know maybe it was on a different set piece and they had too much reflection who knows I imagine reflections the real answer, but I'm like, you just work around it. But now, oh, it's a kids' movie. We'll just take it out and hope they don't notice. Like that's basically the attitude. Yeah, it's really like, I don't know. It's like in the same scene, like just shot and shot will be glass on and glass off. Yeah, because because it, it was the it was the scene that you said is the best scene, which we'll get to soon. I was noticing <laughs> it like swap shot to shot that there was there'd be some glass there and some reflection, and then there'd be none. Uh, and I'm like, you're just breathing on Mars. Stop this. <laughs> Stop this right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's, uh, director Stuart Gillard should be ashamed of yourself for this decision. That's all I'm saying. Ashamed. Shame. Yeah. Keeping it from a perfect 10. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, by the way, guys, at the end of the show, I will also rate Primer because I forgot I never gave my number last week at the end of the show. Oh, so, yeah, that's so right. So I'll retroactively rate that too. Um, so they get to like the edge of a cliff and they're just kind of basking in Mars and basically he decides that he, you know Fred decides that he wants to be the first to do a lot of things on Mars. So he starts being like, I'm the first to walk backward on Mars. I'm the first to blow a kiss on Mars. I'm the first to do this. I'm the first to do that. <sighs> and Sadler's getting super irritated, especially because not only is he like taking his spotlight on Mars because he mm-hmm. wanted to be the first to do everything on Mars. But also, like, in the beginning, during the training montage, how he broke all of his records. Mm-hmm. You know, this has been building up for a long time. Yep. Yep. And, and we get the flag planting. Yes. Which, for the record, I noticed wasn't actually being planted. It was on, like, a tripod. It was on, like, a stand that wasn't, like, in the ground. And I'm like... Yeah, and they have windstorms all the time. So. Yeah, this isn't the moon. <laughs> this isn't like no gravity or low gravity moon where it'll just stay there that's no you, you, you're going to have to dig it in and even then it may not survive yeah so fred uh drops the flag off the side of a cliff hmm? he drops the flag off the side he of drops the cliff. flag yes he drops the american flag off the side of the cliff and bill's like you know i was waiting all my life to plant the flag on mars on a distant planet but you took this from me too like that i got to the distant planet and that was the easy part so like he's, he's pissed at him but then fred has a genius idea 
he he's like which defies the laws of physics it does like how exactly does he pull his underwear out of his spacesuit without exposing himself to the the world of mars exactly well he has to get his boxers off without taking without being able to like remove them from his legs like and he has to be able to remove them from his legs and get them out of his spacesuit without exposing the spacesuit it doesn't make any sense but it's it's great. <laughs> he has American flag boxer shorts, which they then put on the 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 flag stand. And I love how the president's not only only kind of half paying attention. Like his his country is literally landing on Mars, and he's like kind of like w- w- you know reading a paper and drinking his coffee, and then just sort of notices out the side of his eyes, like wait what? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone at NASA is starting to salute, <laughs> all proud. <laughs> Oh God! All right, so and then we get to you know what you are calling the best scene in the movie, which is the reason this movie was made. Yes, they have to like there's a, there's a rupture in in Bill's uh, tank, his O2 tank, so he has to connect to <laughs> he has to connect to Fred's. He has to get to Fred's to share his O2, his oxygen. And <laughs> there goes Tara again. Damn cats. Uh, it's to show his oxygen. And because of that, they are connected by pipe, uh, by this hose. And what's interesting to me is uh, Sadler's line at the start of this, when he's told this, he's like, is that sanitary? <laughs> <laughs> so we get this scene where they're literally tethered together. If things couldn't get worse for Bill, he is now literally tied to to, to Fred. And yep. Fred... With an air hose. With an air hose. And then Fred, who, by the way, before they went out on Mars, started eating the leftover food that they still had, which was like anchovies. And <laughs> I oh, don't yes. know what else. I remember the tube of anchovies. Can't, can't so presumably, this has given him some gas. Can't forget. Like that... I said, brilliant writing, set up beforehand. <laughs> you don't, you know, it's just a little fact that you think is nothing, and then it pays off later on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore. I just don't know. <laughs> well, you gotta describe the scene. The, the the phrase the phrase "crazy bitch" comes to mind. <gasps> How dare you, <laughs> classy lady? <laughs> classy films. <laughs> the phrase is classy broad. Get it right. <laughs> Uh, but for the record, I'm the only classy broad on Mailfuzz TV. Thank you very much. It's All right. Fair. F- for- I've been working on my beard my whole life. I can't do it. <laughs> I'll never be at your level. Oh. Um, so he farts and he tries to hold it in. There's literally like a bubble of air going through the hose, and he tries to hold it. Or he's so, and then it goes. You can see it going. It's this stupid childish visual effect or, or special effect of this rippling like bubble going through the the hose, which gets to William Sadler, and he smells it, and <laughs> and not only that, of course, Fred's suit like balloons up, expands like a balloon every single time he farts. Look, I'm going to give this movie credit. I actually laughed a lot at it. This farting thing is stupid. 
<laughs> it's stupid and I don't like it. Then why does everyone at NASA start cracking up? <laughs> they start cracking up because they just because one of them just says, "Oh, I'm picking up lots of methane levels." Like methane. He says that uh, that Bill is very stressed out and that his his numbers are going like crazy, his readings or whatever, and they're like, "I'm getting a high amount of methane." <laughs> methane. And then they all start giggling. <laughs> yep. Because fart jokes will never die. Mm, no, but thankfully I will. So <laughs> this is the evolution of the bean scene at the campfire from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> oh jeez. So, so they get back and Bella is pissed because the storm's coming in. Even though, like you know, uh, you know, Bridges warned them. Both Bridges warned them earlier there was going to be a storm. But you know, the dude's like, no, 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 we have to go. We're not aborting this mission. And it's dangerous. It'll be too dangerous to go and get the samples they want to try and prove there's life on Mars or, or whatever. And Bell's like, no, like, I have failed at everything because this idiot is taking it from me. So you know what? I'm doing this one damn thing. So he goes out in the middle of the night and goes missing. And Fred has to be the hero and go out after him. And it turns out he's been out in the little rover and it's flipped over him and he's, he's, he's trapped. And this was the second moment in the film where I remembered a specific thing. Like, a sp- okay, I, I remembered what the general plot was, of course, you know, after all this time. But I remembered a specific line of dialogue here, this moment, when he comes up to, like, help him, and he tries to pick up the, the, the rover that's, that's, that's pinned him down, and he says, call me mummy. <laughs> to, which, to which Bill says, <laughs> What? <laughs> and fred exclaims that they say that if their child is trapped a mother can gain the strength of 20 men it's like the adrenaline so call me mummy and he's like i'd rather die on mars (laughs) it's like call me mummy and he's like mommy it's like no mean it mean it say it with emotion mommy Please, mommy, help. <laughs> and it works. The crazy thing is that it works. He picks up the rover um, and gets him back to base. He does have to give him his auction at some point so that he, so he has to hold his breath. So, you know, Bill has to, like, kind of go back. you, out. little Billy. Yeah. He has to go back out and save him. Oh, dear. And then, you know, and then, then the final challenge in the movie is just that they're kind of falling back down after they've launched... So he has to kind of do the, the the chair test again, where he's like rocking around, but he has to fix the system, uh, and then he does that, and there you go. That's basically the movie over. Although he does somehow, even though it's clearly not the same material, he makes a suit and a dress out of the space blankets, so that him right. him and Julie have shiny like attire, so they can dance. <sighs> it's sweet. It's fucking garbage is what it is. The, the ending may be the worst part of this movie. Um, it, it's where any semblance of logic just goes out the window and just nonsense after nonsense happens. I mean, if there was a part two, it would probably end with him dead, right? Like they would get to back to Earth after eight months and he would have starved to death like five months ago. Yep, yep. That <laughs> sounds super about dark. Right. <laughs> that sounds about right. Now, what they'll probably find is that he actually broke into uh, the chimp's cell and just cooked him and ate him for the last few months. 
Oh, <laughs> no, Ulysses. And hell, if he needs to, he'll probably do it with Billy. He'll save Julie for last because he likes Julie. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess he is Gacy after all. <laughs> do you realize that we have went over an hour going through the plot of, of Rocket Man? <laughs> no. We have went through the plot of Rocket Man and it's taken over an hour. And I. So I wanted. So another word that you know, we've wrapped up the whole movie. I want. I want to know, like, what you think the character arc of Fred is. Like, you know, what what makes this work on a scripting level? Uh, Fred is just a dreamer, a boy with a dream. Bullshit. And, um, he finds himself lost a midlife crisis in a job that doesn't appreciate him. Bullshit. <laughs> and <laughs> you never know where opportunity is going to, you know, come knocking. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he gets the career of a lifetime, you know, a, a position that nobody thought that he could do. And he overcomes adversity and mental illness. Bullshit. <laughs> is uh yeah gets the love of his life everything really works out for him because he works hard and uh he's stuck to his morals and yeah he's just as much of an idiot at the end of the movie as at the start he just yeah, happens he's Forrest Gump, you know yeah <laughs> oh jesus jesus this movie and i hate to say it but i was laughing more often than i'd care to admit sure it's just a stupid movie. And it's that, a stupid, fun, funny movie. The jokes work. I mean, some of the jokes are for kids, yeah. But who cares, you know? It's as it's as good as like the Mr. Bean movie. <laughs> oh, it must have been movie. It's earnest, you know? It's it's earnest scared stupid. It's earnest goes to Mars. No, I like the <laughs> earnest movies as a kid, but I, I, I can't say that I think they're good movies or that they hold up. Uh, I think you and Tim should do Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah. Did Ernest go to Mars? Did you say we, we could do that one? <laughs> no, no, no. I made uh, that up. I'm oh, saying okay. that's what this is. This is just another Ernest movie. Yeah, there was no there was no sci-fi Ernest, I don't think. Um, oh, so. Although there was one where he got... He got Ernest Scared Stupid has some really good makeup design and creature designs. I think you guys might like it. He did get lightning powers at one point and Ernest goes to jail. Oh, I've seen that one, but I don't remember the lightning. <laughs> You become slower. Ooh, spooky. It's uh, more of a Raiden thing. He's like shooting lightning out of his fingers, I believe. Um, oh, from the electric chair or something? So, yeah, something oh. stupid like that. I, I don't know if it looks yeah. like lightning or if it's more of like a spark that just happens when he points his finger, but I remember that. Uh, do you know what I'll say about the Ernest movies? I actually think Ernest Saves Christmas has a really good plot for a Christmas movie. I don't know if it holds up just because Ernest's humor is, you know, Ernest, but like the whole plot of that movie is that Santa is looking for a replacement and no one believes he's Santa. And like, like Ernest and like this other girl have to eventually help him like find a replacement. And it's this guy who slowly believes that he's becoming Santa Claus. And at the end, he, you know, he rides off on Christmas Eve to deliver the presents. It's actually a really sweet plot for a Christmas movie. Sure, sounds familiar to like the Tim Allen ones. Sure, I actually liked the Ernest one more as a kid, if I'm honest. But I don't remember. I mean, I watched them. I know I did. I, I mean, I didn't see. I mean, there's more Ernest movies than I saw. I, I saw. 
I, I saw Scared Stupid. I saw Goes to School, Goes to Prison, uh, Saves Christmas, Slam Dunk Ernest, where you got the magic uh, sneakers. They'll let him be a great basketball player. Um, Ernest Rides Again. Any of these. I remember Ernest Scared Stupid because it was like legitimately scary for a kid's movie. Uh, Ernest Rides Again was him on like a cat. It was him and this other guy riding a cannon that was like rolling through like hills and shit. <laughs> Uh, the first one, I, I believe this is the first one, was Ernest Goes to Camp, which I, I saw as well. So that's, that's oh, seven. I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, that's seven, I think I saw. I don't remember any other ones that I saw. I know there was more. I know there was one that went to Africa. I don't ever, I never saw that one, though. I don't think I've seen that one either. It's I probably it not aged well. Oh, probably not. And just, just to complete this list, because I know everyone's curious at home now which ones I'm missing. So I'm going to go to Wikipedia <laughs> and go to the, the Ernest franchise. <laughs> and. This is why they watch. It is, it is. Uh, <laughs> Ernest uh, goes to... Yeah, Jill's the first one. Whatever, I, I just need to click on the uh, um, the franchise. Uh, where, where are we? Down here. Ernest P. World Series. Here we go. Um, so, oh, Ernest was in what a thing... He was in a thing before. Cam was the first movie that was just him... But he was in a movie called Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloombeam. And it was in Ernest P. World? He was he, like a side character? Oh, he's on the poster. Huh. Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloombeam is a 1986 American science fiction, com- science fiction comedy. Oh my god. <laughs> Starring Jim Varney. <laughs> Uh, it's the first film to feature the Ernest P. World character. However, it has a slightly darker tone than his later films. I'm, I'm intrigued Ooh. by this. The film was Me released too. on video in 1992, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the, the synopsis on here is like the full plot, so I'm not going to read that. But um, Maybe this would be a good bonus episode. I think this may be a good bonus episode. So there's an Ernest movie that's darker than the rest, and it's called Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloombeam. Holy shit, what a discovery. But just to complete the list. <laughs> so, then it was, so Ernest Goes to Camp was the next one, and then Saves Christmas, then Goes to Jail was the fourth, the fifth was Scared Stupid, the sixth was Raid right Again, the seventh was Goes to School, the eighth was Slam Dunk Ernest, the ninth was Ernest Goes to Africa, and then the final one that was the tenth is Ernest in the Army. I never saw the last two. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. So I actually saw all of them except the first one up until the last two. So I, I saw basically the big middle chunk of them. That's interesting. Mm. But the first one's science fiction. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting, Kermit. Remember to put that down on the list. Uh, oh, I will. I ain't forgetting that now. You kidding me? Um, <laughs> so we should probably... Uh, I mean, is there anything else you want to say about Rocketman? Like, do you want to defend it and your love of it? Um, I think we could wrap it up. <laughs> do you want to say anything else? No, let's rate it. Let's rate it right now, Pierre. <laughs> it'll be done oh the gingers yeah, i think everything i have to say is like a closing thought <laughs> what's this what are you doing oh interesting oh carl's messaged me something about joining up for a program that's to do with podcasts i don't know i'll, re- I'll read it mm-hmm. properly later um so we're rating this some bitch then uh rocket man <laughs> And I want to reiterate again at the end when it went to the credits and the, the song Rocket Man by Elton John started playing, I started laughing because I know that every time we've brought this up, we've said, it's not the Elton John thing, it's the, you know, it's the movie from 1997. But they used the song. How do you not use the song, though? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what would you rate Rocket Man out okay. of 10? 
Well, it's almost a perfect film. But um, unfortunately, there are some things to bring it down. I know it's not a great movie. <laughs> it's just like, it's a fun watch. You know, I defend it a lot because it's not trying to be what it's not. <laughs> I think it is well written. A lot of the jokes, you know, get set up early and pay off later. Um, <laughs> there's not a whole else lot that I know Harlan Williams for. Uh, I think he was just bored to play this film and then <laughs> kind of disappeared for a while and went back to stand up probably. Um, yeah, I think it's good. I'm going to give it 8.5. 8.5? For the film of its genre, which is like science fiction, family movie, comedy. Yes, I think it, That's I like, think it succeeds in what it's trying to do. That's not the third or fourth highest score you've given out on this show. Oh, I don't know. I think that's pretty close to what I gave Men in Black, which I think it was an eight. And I think this is better than that. <laughs> I wonder how many people you're triggering right now. This is better than Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I think it is. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's too goofy for me in places to necessarily give it an outright good score. Uh, oh. But but I will say I was impressed that I did find some jokes funny. Some of the jokes did land. <laughs> Um, I, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting to hate it the whole time. So, because of that, I will give it a, the closest to what I would consider a good score I can, which is 6.5. Oh, horrible. <laughs> that's, too, so sad. that's too low for Rocketman for you. 6.5. too low. That, that's... I know you like this movie. You get <laughs> a young Bo Bridges. Or not young, but like youngish. Younger than Stargate. <laughs> Do you realize that before I watched this, I was expecting my score to maybe scrape a five at best? Like I'm, I am surprised I'm going this high. This is a win. This is a in the win column for you. How often do you get a good chimp movie? Uh, Do I have to bring up a certain trilogy from the last several years? Okay. Yes. Uh, Starring Caesar. Me. Right. You know, we we got Rise and Dawn and War. That trilogy, which we'll definitely do in this show at some point because this is a sci-fi show and we'll mm-hmm. do those movies at some point. I think it's a goofy film that's, you know, from, of its time <laughs> with a great chimp and a great character. <laughs> I love this movie. I know it's stupid. I don't care. It's on my list. Okay. Uh, and just to uh, add an, an amendment for last episode on Primer, because I never actually got around to saying the number. Uh, for the score so let's get serious <clears throat> for a second talk about primer um now i could you give it an eight and um i'm pretty on, on the same wavelength as that for the most part um i think the second time watching primer though i did get to a point where i was noticing the flaws in the script a little bit more so i am going to just nudge it down very slightly in that to 7.5 I'm really impressed with what they achieved in that film, but I don't think I can quite call it great. That said, to to put it like sort of, we don't do, we just do half points, right? But to put it in perspective of where it falls in terms of being close to an eight on Letterbox, which you can't do, like you, you can do half stars, but I think of it of out of ten. So to me, half a star is one, and then you know mm-hmm. so on. So because I I can't do you know seven and a half, I have to round it. So when I was forced to round it, I did go to four stars. Okay. So, so you think it's closer to an eight than a seven point five, like seven point seven five? Yeah, 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 seven point seven five. But if I've got the option of doing the point five, I'll give it the point five. 
But if I'm having to pick between the seven and the eight, then I'm saying it's closer to the eight. That was a really, what do we have coming up next time? That was a really convoluted way of saying that, I know. Um, what do we have coming up next time? So we should have a Mr. Science Theater movie, which he told us last time. Uh, time Chasers, was it? Time Chasers. Yeah. yeah. We were fun. in time travel mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's good. And then the next actual movie, as I get this uh, schedule up, or top secret schedule. Top secret schedule. Uh, coming up Don't next week. It. Oh, I actually told said this in the last episode. I remembered saying, hey, just in case you're upset that we're doing Rocket Man <laughs> and, and we're wasting an episode on that. Next episode. Wasting. Next episode, I would argue, is the biggest film you've done in the show. Um, and in terms of like heavy hitters, is the is mm-hmm. probably the second one we've had. Because I'd say the first heavy hitter was the first one we did. It was Day of the Earth Still. Yeah, that's classic. I would, so. I would call that a heavy hitter. I would say this film is bigger than that in terms of pop culture. Um, but you can debate that well or not you want. But I think this is the second big film, the big sort of film that everyone knows about. And that is The Terminator. So, dun, dun, dun. So you'll be Excuse talking. Excuse me. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. dun. Yes. I love that score so much. I'm sure I'll say this next week, but that that was the first piece of filler music that I knew I loved and wanted to listen to, just the music. And I got for Terminator One or Terminator Two. Terminator Ones, well, kind of, kind of both, but the one I got a hold of was the was the opening, and I do actually prefer the the main theme from the first movie over the second one. But I love both um but hey so anyway very cool Termi- i'm really excited yeah and Ter- terminator is like one of my favorite films like I-, I will tell you right now there's going to be some high scores at the end of next episode uh brace oh, yourself yeah. brace me yourself too <laughs> um so yeah i don't think it's gonna be shocked anyone who likes science fiction films that we're gonna rate it pretty high sarah connor <laughs> Yeah, that was a bad impression. I, I can't do the Arnold voice. I don't really know any quotes other than I'll be back. Um, Ooh, I got to work on my Schwarzenegger before next week. Yeah. Uzi 9mm. What? Uzi 9mm. It was in a gun shop. Mm. And he's like asking for guns. And I need your clothes, yeah. your boots, and your bike. That's a, that's a second movie. Damn it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first one is uh, it's Bill Paxton. He's like, nice night for a walk. Nothing oh, clean, right? Paxton. I know, I know all about Paxton. Uh, even even uh, Dick, uh, oh God, Dick Miller, uh, if I'm saying his name right, um, who's the guy in the gun shop. Um, he, he passed away this year. And he, he I, I love him. He pops up in uh, uh-huh. all the Joe Dante movies. I've seen him. He's in Chopping Mall of all things. Like, Oh, I love that, that, that bit actor. <laughs> Uh, so it was, it was like 97 or something he, he grew it in old age like he, he had a good run of it but um, so yeah next week is Terminator be super excited um, so this week we went long on a stupid movie because we're silly <laughs> next week we may actually go equally long but because we actually have that much stuff to talk about that's interesting yeah. and we can break it'll be down. nice for you know people to watch the show again next week who's <laughs> <laughs> gonna watch this one <laughs> Uh, for the record, our lowest episode so far was Tetsuo. I guess the weird experimental art house Japanese film was... Uh... Maybe it's because people want to watch it and they don't sure. want to spoil it first. And um, our most watched episode, or most episode overall, is uh, The Wandering Earth. So, 
which is also a foreign film. So I guess it's not the foreign element that's keeping people away. It's Netflix. Yeah, the third, the third most though is uh, the final countdown, which was two hours long. It's so weird. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so good. Um, but yeah, so that is that has been this episode. No mystery science theater section this week, but we will have one next episode. Uh, we promise, and we will be there for that. So um, look forward to Time Chasers and the Terminator. Hey, that's also a time travel movie. So it actually ended up being paired up with, so, because we ended up wanting to All right. because we wanted to record Rocket Man a little bit early and sort of sneak one in, and it pushed the Mystery Science Theater a week. It kind of worked out better because time travel. Like yeah, there you go. Um, Let's see if this one melts our brains. <laughs> well i'm pretty used to terminator at this point if, if, if maybe if time chaser, chasers might um <laughs> definitely i mean maybe i'll explain maybe it'll like tie into space mutiny and that'll be why that that woman was alive after she died there was time travel involved uh, yeah maybe there maybe there is a like a hidden prequel yeah maybe maybe uh but that has been the atomic cinema experiment this has been test subject number 14 i believe um rocket man <laughs> so let us know what you think of the movie if you've seen it in the the comments below like it's just great about stuff one of the big things you can do if you listen to the audio podcast version on the, the audio feed is that you can rate us on your podcast app well that's apple uh, podcasts or anything else uh you know do that um because it helps people find our show uh you can support us financially more directly if you want to like keep the lights on and make sure we can keep producing podcasts and you know afford all these movie rentals <laughs> because i <laughs> i rented rocket man today do, do you know how i felt clicking the, the purchase so button you know why i did because i put in my dvd copy and i realized i have a full screen copy of it and i went i can't watch a full <laughs> screen to review it i approve so i went and rented it Plus, you rented it in HD, right? Yeah. So yeah, you got HD proper aspect ratio. Yeah. Yeah. I approve. I, I would rent it and stop instead of watching a full screen DVD. I'm gonna throw that thing away and buy the Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> there is a Blu-ray. I checked. Yeah, I know. I thought I had it, but I was wrong. <laughs> Oh dear. Um. So you can do that, but you can go to Patreon and you can support us there. Uh. And why should the supporters on Patreon? What do they get out of it, Tara? Well, if you donate as little as a dollar per month, you'll get bonus episodes of The Ace, which we do every month. Plus, you get these episodes a week early. Um, it's The address is patreon.com slash TV. Yeah, and I'm glad you remembered to do that because I never did that. Because I was going to let you do the Patreon, but like always, but I kind of blurred the lines a little bit by talking about uh, paying for movie rentals. I'm still here. Yes, no, we, we can see. We can just peek it out of the side. Holding the mate like a pro. Um, Watch me crab walk and shuffle. <laughs> it's like a horror movie. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, go to Patreon, uh, check that out, and uh, get us on the Twitters uh, at the Ace Podcast, uh, where, oh, yeah. where sometimes. And you know what? If, if people uh, want to ask us questions on that Twitter, we'll answer some maybe as part of the show. Yeah. We could do a question, a question or two a week, maybe, if people want to ask us questions uh, on on oh, the Twitter. That'd Twitters. be fun. Yeah, uh, or on YouTube comments. We, could, we could maybe do YouTube comments as well. Uh, we'll maybe we make that the final segment of the show. We'll do a mystery science theater and then a couple of because the show's never long enough. A couple right? of questions, yeah. The show's never long enough. Let's make it a full-on uh, feature production. Uh, but yeah, so go to the, go to the Ace Podcast and follow. 
so that is us that has been the show um we do like to promote maybe a thing or two of other content that we do at the end as well just to keep you interested and engaged with other stuff that we work on tara what would you like to promote um well since we watched a, a movie from the writer of chernobyl you can check out the chernobyl podcast that we did <laughs> yeah relevant material yeah yeah, show right. your child Rocket Man, have them have a good giggle, and then put on Chernobyl, and then horrify them for life. I mean, both has they clearly did a lot of research in both. <laughs> I mean, they got the eight months like about right. About right. I mean, that's just assuming the Martian is right, but I assume the Martian was at least researched enough for that to be right. Yeah, it was a book first. Yeah, they got to research books for smart people books are for smart people yeah yeah uh, so yeah that's a good one to recommend i will also throw in some science fiction tv specifically stuff that me and tara do if you like uh, me and tara as, as a pair specifically uh, check out both the reviews of the original twilight zone series uh we are uh, at least in terms of recording we're about halfway through season one of that and they, they have long seasons so there's a nice chunk of those to, to watch and listen to now um, if you want the yeah. podcast version, that's called Fuzz in the Zone. If you're on YouTube, you just look for the Twilight Zone reviews <laughs> playlist, um, and you can check out those. Um, yes, if you're driving me crazy. <laughs> and also worth mentioning that we're getting ever closer to the continuation of Babylon Five, which Tara is catching up on. Um, that's right. Right now, uh, she's very close to being halfway through her catch up. Um, but, yep. it, but it's worth mentioning the first half was hampering while she was also getting ready to move across a country so there was a lot of reasons why she wasn't going too quickly in that first part so um, we will be back with Babylon 5 soon uh, I, I reviewed the first 17 episodes on my own but we will be back with that with both me and Tara continuing from there uh, in the very near future so um, check out that um, no audio podcast feed for that as of yet but if you're interested in one do make some noise because we can arrange that uh but yeah so if you want to hear us talk about more sci-fi stuff uh those are your avenues for it um so uh gus which is uh, tara's cat for everyone who doesn't know that uh gus would you like to have any final words of the episode i'll give him the mic Risky. he just gave a couple of sniffs i don't know what that means the deafening sound of silence the judgment of a cat um those eyes Tara, would you like any judgment. Would you like any final words, final statement of the show? Anything you want to point out again um, or get your final thought on? Oh, I'm just I'm really glad that uh <laughs> we did this one. You know, I I just I'm not over Chernobyl being being gone yet. So it was nice to see the origin of the great writing for the show. Is, 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 Thank you. I was about to say this is almost like a thank you. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. So now we have to do ten weird films in a row that I pick because I I did Rocky Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did Ted's well. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, so yeah, uh, my final thought of the the show would be that. <sighs> I don't have one prepared. Um, it's just that, just that Fred is a serial killer. Uh, uh, he's a predator. And also everyone else is uh, abusing a, a mentally ill person. 
So that's that. That's my thoughts on the movie. I don't think we watched the same movie. <laughs> I was reading between the lines, Tara. Between the lines. I'll wait for the Rocket Man podcast official to come out from Disney. <laughs> we should tweet Chris with the writer. We should tweet Craig Mason. Hey, Joe, you did a podcast after each episode of Chernobyl. Can you do like a, a Rocket Man podcast? I want to hear we about Rocket Man scoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay that has been us guys that has been episode 14 of the atomic cinema experiment we appreciate you for watching or listening we always do thank you very much once again love you loads keep watching sci-fi movies guys and computer add salsa peanut butter jelly sandwiches yum yum